1: This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com.
2: Small surprise. in The real estate market out today. Fox News Radio's Jill Nato has got more from Washington.
3: Home prices took the smallest dip in January in almost three years. The Standard & Poor's Case-Shiller Home Price Index for 20 cities fell a little less than a percent. That small drop was not expected. That's because there are so many foreclosed homes coming onto the markets, and they're cheaper than what you can buy new. Economists are seeing this as a good sign because it may help to boost public attitude about the economy. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News Radio. That's bad media reporting, Jill Nato. If you were to look a little
2: deeper, cheaper homes, low borrowing costs, government incentives it supported the market, uh, I, I the mounting foreclosures are problematic, and they're going to be bigger this year than last year. So any stabilization that we saw, as you reported, it's bogus. It's not going to last. Foreclosures are still going to bite the market. Arr, it'll bite you. Given the preponderance of negative housing data that's out there, I... I think you'll see some improvements. I think you'll see some sideways actions, but the higher inventories are very, very problematic for the real estate market. Twelve cities, for instance, um, saw price pressures go down again. Boulder, Colorado, Providence, Rhode Island showing extended declines in housing values, reversing signs of recovery from last year. So, again, it's it, some markets are holding up better than others, but we ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. Now, consumer confidence, is it's a big economic data point, and it tells you a lot about the economy. It looks like consumers are holding on to hope. Fox News Radio's Jill Nato has that story from Washington.
3: More and more Americans are seeing the economic glass as half full. The latest Consumer Confidence Index from the University of Michigan shows our outlook on the economy is looking up, with the index rising from about 45 to 52. But that's still not at a healthy level. A decent number on the index would be around 90. Consumer confidence is crucial since economists say consumer spending, including health care, equals about 70% of U.S. economic activity. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox News Radio.
2: See, here's how the the flaw with consumer confidence. When these reports come out, they go, what do you think about the economy? And you're like, it's okay. What do you think about unemployment? And you have a job, but you think your neighbor's going to lose their job because you keep hearing, you know, assheads like myself say that unemployment's a problem, right? So you keep hearing us scare you with it, scare you with it, scare you with it. So you start thinking, well, maybe my neighbor's going to lose his job. I myself just went out and spent a great deal of money over the weekend. So my confidence is fine. But do you want to be honest? I'm a little worried about my neighbor. I think he might lose his job. So consumer confidence, one of those numbers that don't mean a lot to me. Now President Obama is scheduled to sign a bill today that slightly changes the just past health care overhaul. It makes huge changes. Now the government hands out money to college students. Details from Fox News Radio's Rich Johnson at the White House. Piggybacked onto the health
4: care reconciliation bill is the biggest rewrite of federal college aid in four decades. Banks will no longer act as middlemen in writing college loans. And the billions that Uncle Sam now pays banks and commissions will be spent on more grants, outright financial gifts to deserving students. Also, graduates will get a break repaying loans, as they'll be capped at 10% of a grad's
2: income. At the White House, Rich Johnson, Fox News Radio. That's pretty cool. And uh, again, I think we ebb and flow on our view of the president based on what he's doing that we want to see. I want to see more college loans. I want to see less of the money go into banks. And for us to federalize college loans, I think that's a good thing. Now, again, that's uh, some people are going to be upset by it. Yeah, there will be some failures that the private market probably wouldn't have picked up on. But to say your student loan can't be more than 10% of your income when you're paying it back That's a great thing. Saddling kids today with debt, it just ruins our future because I need that 20-year-old to go out and get a job, and I need him not to live with mom and dad. I need him to pay his taxes. So score one for Obama. New iPhone rumors are out there. Rumors of a new iPhone circulating the web, and it could be good news for Verizon subscribers and Verizon shareholders. Fox News Radio's tech expert Brett Larson explains.
1: Apple says they've sold over 30 million iPhones since the June 2007 release of the popular device, updated annually in June or July. The Wall Street Journal reporting that not only is there a new version on tap for this summer, there might be one for Verizon customers by the end of the year, and it'll go into production in September. Verizon uses a different technology for wireless that's incompatible with the original iPhone. Still, having the iPhone for three years has given AT&T a competitive edge over other carriers. Time will tell if lines of iPhone phone fans will form for the new phone from apple brett larson fox news radio
2: good stuff the jesus phone goes to verizon finally at&t people who can't make calls on their jesus phone they're going to switch to verizon and be able to make phone calls and have the jesus phone i've got an ipod touch which is the phone without or the everything but the phone right great product. It's a great product. People will flock to Verizon. This will be a huge win for Verizon. Huge. Whether you're in LA or San Francisco, you know that AT&T coverage just stinks. Let's do a little bit of religious education, shall we? The Passover holiday begins. Fox News Radio's Todd Starnes reports. The observance started Monday night, Israelis
0: and Jews around the world commemorating the exodus of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Their escape was so fast they weren't able to let the bread rise, so Jews celebrate by abstaining from bread. Instead, they eat matzah, the centerpiece of the Seder meal, shared on the first night of Passover as part of traditional family gatherings. In New York, Todd Starnes, Fox News Radio.
2: A lot of people don't know about the the Jewish faith. The, the non-Jewish don't know what the Jewish celebrate and don't celebrate. If I could encourage anything for you to do this year is for you Christians to go hang out with Jews and for you Jews to go hang out with Christians because um I think that the 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 faiths are re- remarkable. Um one, one thing that I love about the Jewish faith is that it's it's really family-centric. It's, I almost wish I was a Jew. I know, I know you're saying that's the oddest thing I've heard a person say in a long time because Christians, eh, turn my back on my family. So, Jewish people, they tend to stick together. Let's go to Craig in Santa Rosa. Craig?
4: Hi, Rob. Uh, Non-Jewish call here. Um, do you know anything about the Jewish faith? Oh, I've got a few friends, but you, uh, you know that I dreidel. late in life.
2: Do you know that dreidel game is the, the most kick-ass game of all time? Basically, you get to spin a, a dreidel and you get to take other kids' toys
4: something we'd do on Easter.
2: I know! It's fantastic. Now, Easter I don't like because you got all the kids running around in, in maniacal fashion to find eggs. I was always the slow kid. I couldn't get as many eggs as the other faster kids could get, so I'm not a big fan of Easter.
4: Well, um, digressing to... Uh,
2: <laughs> you don't know what to make of me. Uh, no. <laughs> Go ahead. What's your question?
4: Uh, you recommended y- yesterday to uh, to refinance if you, to a four Four percent loan. I'm a, I'm stuck in a six point two five. However, I think I must must have got caught up in the real estate thing, and um, I don't have documentation. And I think that's what's going to hold me back to get qualified for something like that, which could probably reduce my monthly payment two to three hundred dollars.
2: Yeah. So you have a six point two five loan, and when you say you don't have documentation, it doesn't mean you're you're, you're an illegal worker. You're not picking strawberries. Right. Uh, you just don't have a job right now. Yeah, independent contractor. Independent contractor. Can you piece together your last two years of of, of taxes? Sure. So I, I'd at least try, Craig. Yeah. Um, good guy, Tony Mendez at Bay Area Loan Source. He did my loan. If there's a, a loan package out there, there's a program called Loan Sifter. Mm-hmm. that They'll basically take your credit score, your income for the last two years, and your collateral, how much equity do you have in the home, and it'll figure out, like— It'll eliminate Bank of America, eliminate Wells Fargo, eliminate, 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 eliminate. And then they'll find this one little bank in Arizona that says, you know, Craig's a pretty good risk. Well, Let's, let's take it. Um, so I, I would at least run your scenario through a mortgage lender.
4: Okay. Will do.
2: So I don't think you'll... In, no harm in that. But someone you trust, too. Keep that in mind.
4: Okay. I appreciate the work you do. Thanks. So thanks, Craig. Thanks.
2: So, and, uh, go hug a you this Easter holiday. So... Who knew matzo was because the bread didn't rise And the, who knew? 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the newer, happier, Rob. I'm more tolerant of, of, of religions and faith and, and older people. 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Coming up. What's the coming up? What is coming up? Um. Oh, I got a little healthcare data reports, and I got some more business news that's uh, intriguing, and a stock uh, story of the day tied towards Chipotle. It's the Rob Black Show, nineteen a.m. More stimulating talk. Black show. I'm Rob Black, 800 345 This is an odd show. Like, I get up early and I, I put together content and I, I hope it's going to click with you. You never know. I mean, that's the, the weirdest part about this is you just honestly never know day to day. And that's something that I absolutely love about this job and this career is that every day I, I get to dig for news and resources and, and try to help you piece together, you know, uh, an approach to retirement. Got a good email. Let's do a quickie email here. And this comes to from John in Oklahoma City.
3: I got mail.
2: Yay! I got mail. Yay! Oklahoma City? Nuts, right? It says, I'm listening on the iHeartRadio application on the iPhone in Oklahoma City. So I've never used the iHeartRadio application. But it must be cool because you can listen to my show around the world. You can stream it. He says, I have a question for you. My wife and I are currently been using Dave Ramsey's plan to get out of debt. It's been working great and soon we'll have a lot of cash flow. Now we want to invest that money, but Dave says, stay away from stocks. He says they're too risky. Why should I invest in stocks rather than diversified mutual funds? That's a good question, John. And you know, the nice thing about Dave Ramsey, and he's good at getting people out of debt. Everything else he does is crap. It's garbage. It's stupid. It's inane. I don't like it. He focuses on getting out of debt. That's really, really, really important. That's his shtick. My shtick is focus on getting enough assets saved for your nest egg so that you could live from age 60 to 100. I don't mind debt as long as it's not high-cost debt. I hate all debt over 8%. So we have different mantras, and you got to understand him and I are different people. He's a religious Bible thumper, and I'm a kind of guy who how shall we say, is open-minded about all religions and all faiths. So, where do I go with this? Mutual funds. We just heard Fox do a commercial business update and talked about loaded funds versus non-loaded funds and mutual funds. Most people shouldn't own individual stocks. They shouldn't. Heidi shouldn't own individual stock, and she's my producer. Let's bring in Heidi ever so quickly and, and ask her, interview her a little bit on individual stocks and picking stocks and she's got a husband where are you at Heidi you and your husband how many stocks do you own
5: um none that I'm aware of not definitely like you said not individual stocks
2: mutual funds though right um well I have a 401k and in it you have mutual funds probably and your husband does as well right I would assume so Okay, well, you need to find out a little bit more information on this. No,
5: you're absolutely right. I am not super proactive. I'm one of those, like, for example, listeners of The Rob Black Show that just kind of know the basics, the very, very basics. That's me. Right. I don't know anything very complicated about it.
2: Saturday, you went to a barbecue, and you kind of got warm and fuzzy, and you and your husband went home and went to bed early Saturday, right? That's true. That's what I want you doing. I don't want you buying individual stocks. I want you maxing out the 401k, but I want you to know that you have mutual funds in there and what they are. Okay. And I don't want you just to let your husband do that.
5: Okay. So I am, I'm, I'm really, I'm not completely maxing it out. I'll be totally honest, but I'm close to maxing out my 401k. You so should. Yeah. What else should I be doing? Anything? No,
2: no. Just get into a high interest rate debt and okay. be careful about animals that you buy because they're expensive. Okay. Just like babies.
5: Yes. That's what I'm learning. So.
2: Yes. Yeah. So we'll get an update. Heidi, um, can I tell the story real quickly? On yeah. Here? Yeah. Go ahead. You bought a. Uh, your mother helped you get a new pet, and she bought a purebred British Terrier or something along those lines.
5: She well, she her heart really was in the right place. She um she wanted to buy us a purebred Boston Terrier. Yeah. Um, which actually turned out to be half pit.
2: Yeah, so there's no purebred at all about this. Yeah. And when you called the woman back who sold it to you, her story was what?
5: She told me that her house was in foreclosure and that she was on Social Security and that she would not be giving me our money back.
2: And your your little pit bull, your little pit bull puppy is basically massacring your, your older he dog.
5: He is exasperating. I thought that I I never knew how much energy a dog could take out of you. And you I mean, the that's... The moral of the story is he is expensive. He's going to have to go to puppy daycare all the time. He um, has to go to puppy training classes. Um, you know, he's going to have to have the the insurance, the pet insurance. Um, this dog, oh, you know, over the next couple of years is going to cost us a lot of money in you know, comparison with our other dog who just chill and she sits around the house and, you know, life is good.
2: Why not let me kill the dog?
5: Well, he's a puppy I know You shouldn't but, go around killing puppies, Rob Black.
2: I'll make a nice um, stew out of them.
5: Yeah, a Nice think, tender just, meat. It's like veal. I just don't think that's a, a good idea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you're now, can't, you now... Can't let you do it. You realize your home value has kind of gone down because your insurance levels have gone up and your neighbors now think you're ghetto.
5: It's really... it. It's so true. And I actually didn't have any sort of stigma. I didn't think I did before owning a yeah. dog that was partially... Part pit, but I mean, just think about the other costs of you know liability of homeowners homeowners insurance. My furniture, all he wants to do is eat my furniture. Like all my leather furniture tastes delicious to him.
2: That's funny because um, so, I, I kind of want to eat your furniture too.
5: My house is gonna look ghetto because the dog chewed on all the furniture, and it's just like one thing after another. Lovely, yeah.
2: <laughs> Lovely, yeah.
5: So I got myself into a big mess.
2: So you're gonna play Cartman's in the ghetto. That's going to be your song every day when you're going to work.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Get you. Yeah. Just even saying that you own a pit bull. Yeah, I know. Like,
2: gosh, it's a stigma. Gosh P- darn it. You go to the park and people look at you like, don't you bring that dog near me? They do.
5: Don't bring them near my children. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, what you need, you need is a lovable t-shirt for the, the dog. Like I only chew... Asian babies or something like that you know just something that that totally is offensive on one level and totally Desensitize others
5: or people just dress them in clothes people find that endearing
2: <laughs> even if it's a pit bull So love it. Thanks Heidi and the moral of the story is Don't buy pure breeds from people who live in trailers so I know that's uh Probably pretty obvious to most of us, but uh also the pure breed go rescue a puppy so, anyway, um, Chipotle, or as Heidi likes to say, Chipotle uh, Mexican Grill. They're, they're a stock story of the day. Price target raised to 130 now, You know Chipotle. They make food, right? Um, did I? Wait, wait, I never answered that guy's email. <laughs> Love it. Um... Okay, so da- John in Oklahoma City said, uh, should I buy stock? No, you shouldn't buy stocks. You should raise a good pit bull. You should make love, sweet love to your wife. You should be a good citizen of the church or whatever it is that you do. But stocks for are for people like me who do this for a living. Stocks are full-time work. Now, I know that you're going to try to do stocks. And that's why I try to give you good advice on stocks. I try to show you what I look for in stocks. I'm not picking the fastest, cheapest, or the fastest, bestest semiconductor in the planet. I'll do that for a week or two. But for investments, I'd rather get catch trend that works. Like earlier today, I was talking about a, a company that has T-shirts. T-shirts! You know, and they're doing it in Honduras and the Dominican Republic. And they're, they're, their shipping costs are a lot lower than, you know, the T-shirts coming out of China now. Their labor's higher, but I need a T-shirt. So, uh, I don't know if, I get, if I'm getting my point out to you on this or not. But Chipotle... Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Um, I would buy index funds if I didn't do this for a living. I would say, Heidi, you should buy index funds. You should buy some large cap, some small cap, some mid cap, some international and some value or some income funds. And let's just call that five categories and get twenty percent of each. And if you want to be more sexy and aggressive, go more international. And you could be exotic, Ricky Martin. Gay, who would have guessed? Um, you could go more exotic and more international. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Absolutely. But to go after an individual stock, it takes work. You have to read the annual report. You have to read the quarterly letters. You have to read the S filings. You have to check up on research estimates of the company. You have to know who the, the board of directors are. It takes work. If you can't work on stocks three hours a day, and Heidi should be raising a pit bull, Three hours a day. She should be a pit bull mama three hours a day. She should love her husband three hours a day. Not stocks. It's a full-time job. So now three hours a day isn't a full-time job, but you see what I'm trying to say. It takes work to stay on top of this. So now Chipotle Mexican Grill, they operate 950 quick casual eateries. They've got rice and beans and guacamole. And veggies and sauce and chicken and steak and barbecue and free-range pork. And every time you go, don't you get a little pissed off that the guy in front of you got more rice than you? Like, they, get, they do the double scoop for the guy in front of you, but not for you. Uh-uh. So, yeah, I get a little angry on that. Um, taking a look at the revenues, the income of the company. They've gone from $1 billion in revenues three years ago to $1.3 billion last year to $1.5 billion this year. That's damn good. If you can increase your revenue by 50%, I'm investing in you. If you can do it in three years, I'm investing in you. And that's why you invest in a company like this. Now, it's a $130 price target was put on the company today, burritos, tacos, and salads. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that burritos, tacos, and salads had advantages? Meals are prepared in front of you. So you get exactly what you want in the production line. Relatively few ingredients. It enables employees to be trained incredibly quickly. It allows for a diverse menu and high productivity. Um, cash-strapped consumers love the chipotle. Now, taking a look at the stock, and I've been talking about this one for nine months. No, for a year since I've started here at Clear Channel. A year ago, you could have got this stock for sixty bucks. Now it's one hundred and fifteen bucks. I think it goes to one hundred and thirty. I agree with the analysis on it. I think the valuation is is high. But if I can grow my fifty, if I can grow revenues fifty percent in, in two, three years. I'm I'm going to pay a premium for that. If you come to me and say, Rob, I've made ten thousand dollars for ten years in a row, or if you come to me and say I've gone from ten thousand dollars in salary to fifty thousand dollars in salary, I'm going to jump all over that ten to fifty. I'm going to pay a lot more for that person to work for me than you see what I'm saying. Um, anyway, I think I finished the email. Uh, buy mutual funds and index funds. Um, John, he, the guy who recommended. Uh, that you don't, um, Dave Ramsey, he's an idiot when it comes to savings and investing. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a big infomercial. He's an infomercial. He's in business to do seminars. He's in business to sell you books. He's in business to manage your assets. So be very, very careful. Best book out there on money is Rick Edelman's The Truth About Money, The Truth About Money. Ramsey is a a a a second tier at best talent. Uh Edelman does good work. Uh The Truth About Money by Rick Edelman. 800 345, 5639. Coming up a little more business time, a little more look at some financial tips and hints. And let's see if I got anything else I can tease right here. Ooh, no, not home prices. Not 4G. Don't want to do that. Uh, uh, I'll find something good for you. Um, ooh, ooh, jobless benefits going plastic. 800 345 5639 to get your calls in there. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay!
3: I think I'm drowning, asphyxiated. I wanna break the spell that you've created. You're something.
2: It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Pretty crazy story here uh, about California. And by the way, we've got one, two, three open phone lines. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. First segment of the show I did, I talked about old people coming back to work. Our nation will create a lot of jobs that are either going to go unfilled Or we're going to have to look at illegal immigrants becoming legal. Or we're going to have to look at old people coming back to work. It was a new report released today basically saying, look, this is going to be a different workforce in 10 years from now than it is today. And one thing that you may see that you don't see all that common is people who have gray hair. So I work at Clear Channel, and I don't think there's one person of the age 50 that I could think of. There's not many. So the idea of seeing someone that's kind of shocking to me it's kind of nice it's kind of a plus um they bring wisdom they bring experience they will work for less money they won't backstab me to get ahead in their career because they're closer to death than they are towards the hitting maxing out their career so i like the idea sometimes things change I like the idea.
5: I think all the old people got laid off in the last round of layoffs here at Claire Channel because they made too much money.
2: Heidi said it well. They made too much money, so they all got fired. So this is kind of a fun—I'm like, I'm the old person here. It's it's, it's funny to go, and uh, there's a secretary who is a good-looking woman, and I'll go and I'll talk to her, and she's young. She's born in, like, 86. I'm like, I think I was graduating high school right about then. And she goes, man, you're old. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So out of touch. So out of touch. Anyway, um, something new that's changing. This is kind of a fun story. The beleaguered state agency that pays unemployment here in the state of California, it's going to go electronic. So instead of getting an unemployment check, and for the record, you used to have to go to the unemployment office and humiliate yourself. Now you can file for unemployment online. Now, instead of sending you a check, they're going to send you a credit card. The beleaguered agency, they provide uninsurance benefits for about 1.5 million jobless Californians. It's streamlining, and they're going to issue you electronic debit cards to replace printed checks. The Employment Development Department wants to begin using the new technology in September, but some critics doubt the agency, which is often accused of inefficiency and poor customer relations, could pull it off so quickly the department is being burdened by an aging computer system which will join 43 states that have already upgraded to plastic it mailed a record 41 million checks last year which is nearly triple the previous high as layoffs soared in the states unemployment rate topped 12% so i think it's a great idea you get your benefits a lot quicker the move to plastic would be the first big step towards burnishing the agency's reputation for poor uh, service to the financially strapped doesn't stink when you need your government agencies and you go in and you just hate government employees And I mean this with love, but doesn't going into the DMV just always suck? I mean, yes, you can find some offices that take appointments, and yes, you can do some things, but you go in, and and seriously, I take alcohol swabs with me. Like, I, I, I have to shower after I go into a DMV. I don't like the people that work there. I don't like the people that are there. Other than me, of course, because I am all that and a bucket of chicken. So if you were to order me on the menu, it's I'm all that and a bucket of chicken. So
4: I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal.
2: Really? Now some consumer groups are a little freaked out that California may start imposing some, you know, some fees on these debit cards. Bank fees could range from fifty cents to a few dollars if you check your balance. Use out of network ATMs if you have account inactivity. If you call customer service, if you receive printed statements, all extra do re mi. So the question is, can California get their contractors to work with this, this concept of paying the unemployed with credit cards versus flat out checks? I don't know. I, it, to me, I just think that's a neat story. It's a 21st century story. Elsewhere in the news and business world, healthcare law. Two-thirds of Americans think that it's too expensive, and it expands the government's role in healthcare too far. Two-thirds of Americans. That's a pretty crazy number. I mean, let's do a quick poll right here. Um, we could ask Heidi and Intern B. Intern B is the intern that is works on Tuesdays. I got five interns. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. Intern B has been pretty good about showing up. So it's Tuesday, so she's Intern B. Just in general, raise your hand. Was the healthcare bill at almost a trillion dollars? Does it sound too expensive? Okay. They both say they don't know. So two-thirds of Americans say that it sounds too expensive. So, and they're inclined to fear the massive legislation that will increase their cost. I'm a little fearful that my costs are going to go up on my health care insurance. In large part because 20, 30 million Americans are going to start getting healthcare that didn't get it before. And typically when 20 to 30 million Americans get something more you'd think volume 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 there will be some savings but I'm 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 leery I think my healthcare costs go up and I think my access to my doctors goes down so the supporters are not only going to have to focus on implementing this kind of major reform they're going to have to spend substantial time convincing people of the you know the benefits of the healthcare so the risk right now is that continued opposition will will fuel calls for repeal, and that will dog Democrats in the November's congressional elections. So the bill was enacted without a single Republican vote. This is probably the most contentious Congress that we've ever seen. So the Republicans not helping the Democrats in any way, shape, or form. And to even you know throw an extra stamp on that, yesterday Barack Obama. He filled 15 of his cabinet posts while the Senate was on recess. He's like, you guys aren't there. Well, guess we don't have to get confirmation. So done. So the Republicans are a little freaked out about that. I think that's uh, it's showing you just how much Congress ain't working together right now. So when it comes to families, people see less gain and more pain in the survey on health care, ultimately by a margin of about 50% to 21%. With 29% not sure, 50% of Americans think that it's going to cost them more in healthcare costs year over year, while 21% think that it won't. Opponents of the healthcare bill, opponents, people who oppose it, they're a little bit more likely than supporters to say the vote will have a major impact on the vote for Congress. So if you oppose it, you're going to oust the Democrats. If you're for it, you may or may not, maybe depending on other issues like jobs. One in four people are much more likely to vote for a candidate who supports it, whereas three in 10 are likely to vote that candidate out of the, of the bill if they, since they oppose it. But it really shows the Americans are we're just split right now. We can't get nothing done. We, we, we love to hate. We love to hate. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. We got a little more business time coming up got a little bit more stock information for you as well as far as investments and business ideas. I'll try to get another tip and hint or trick in there to fine-tune your financial performance. It's Roblox Show, 9, 10 a.m., 800 345 More stimulating talk. Psychic spies
3: China
4: try to steal.
2: Sometimes what you don't hear is the best radio. I really like Heidi. I think she's a top-notch human being, and I enjoy coming here and working. If I had to work with other people at the station, <laughs> Robert, I probably wouldn't be able to come into work. I just, you know, it's work with people you love and people you like. Heidi and I, we were talking about her, her, her pit bull dog earlier in the show, and like she, she's willing to bring that out on air. And I think that's good because I think we can learn a lesson from that. Got to be careful. Got to be careful when you buy a new pet. Got to be careful with your old pets. Told you my best friend, Tony. Uh, He had an 18, 19 year old cat that got, you know, a big old cancerous lump on its lip and they spent $5,000 on chemo and it was dead two weeks later. Like, (laughs) Like, I don't know. $5,000 is a lot of money for the average American, right? Let's wrap up some of the stories that are out there today. Stocks are struggling for Direction today. It's been a great three months. It's been a great one year. They're allowed to have off days. The stock market isn't supposed to be at an all-time high every day. You don't want it at an all-time high every day. Verizon iPhone? Likely coming, but not immediately. So there's a lot of rumors about that out there. I would think by the Christmas season. Apple needs it. Anyone who has a Jesus phone and an iPhone right now has it. They said, you know what, we're good with AT&T, we'll go with it. Then there's people like me who, I buy everything that I'm marketed. I market it that Verizon has a better network than AT&T. My friends tell me that Verizon's got a better network than at and I said I ain't switching. I, in the 21st century, if my damn phone doesn't work, I get pissed. So I'm staying with a network that I know it works on. So I can't get a Jesus phone yet because I believe everything I'm marketed. Heidi, for instance, and coming back to Heidi, she believes that lotions and creams can help can help you. I think lotions and creams just make you look oily. I think if you want healthier looking skin, drink a lot of water. I think that's the only and eat a lot of greasy food. Put stuff into your body, not on top of your body. Um, Again, just one of the conspiracy theories that I totally buy into that i think vitamins are basically irrelevant and a waste of money more often than not you pee out all the benefits that you're supposed to be retaining and i think uh creams and lotions are are slickly marketed by cosmetic companies and uh i think you're buying the hype Heidi. you're such a jerk i think the fact that you're a vegetarian you've got beautiful skin i think you're you're for a woman who's pushing 40 You look like you're 12. Oh,
5: snap. Pushing 40? That's messed up.
2: I know, I know, I know, I know.
5: I'm not pushing. I'm 34. When
2: did snap come in? When did snap become, you know, zing or whatever? When did snap become the...
5: That's what the kids are saying these days. I know the kids
2: are saying it, but when when did it come?
5: Mm, What's the nucleus of it? Five and a half years ago. Five and and a half years ago? Yeah. I learned it from some kids that were um, picking grapes up in the Napa for
2: And further, I think Kiehl's makes your skin smell lovely, but... I don't think it's it's reversing aging. I don't think it's moisturizing. It
5: doesn't do that. But if you have dry skin, it soothes it.
2: That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> You're looking for a soothing, huh? Like wrinkle creams. You know, wrinkle creams don't work. You got to know that.
5: Yeah, I don't. I don't use those. So I'm not. I'm not to that point yet,
2: sir. <laughs> soon, soon. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. Holy mackerel! We got Kathy Yackle on the show tomorrow. I'm going to so do that tomorrow. I'm going to go, holy mackerel, it's Kathy Yackle from PC Magazine. She's going to talk about tax software on the show, unless she's heard me just say that. She's not picking up the phone tomorrow. Oil is above $82. That's a big, big story of the day. It's telling that our economy is doing okay. Uh, I could be wrong on this. I'm not going to bet my career on it. But the recent rally in commodities is telling me economic activity is good. And I, I, I like seeing that. Other big stories of day. Um, Apple developing a new iPhone. Okay, we already got that one out there. Ooh, 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 ooh. Apple, the godfather of the iPod's gone. There's two people who helped develop the um, iPod. Guy named, was it John Rubenstein? Oh, I'll get to him. Um, Yeah, John Rubenstein. He left Apple, and he's now Palm CEO. So he was a big player in the Apple and the iPod and the iTouch and things along those lines. But the godfather of the iPod, a guy named Tony Fidel, is one of the creators of the iPod and the iPhone. He's breaking off his nine-year affiliation with Steve Jobs. His exit from Apple, which is planned to be announced today, it's been gradual. In 2008, he stepped down as senior vice president of the iPod division. He's remained on Apple's payroll as a special advisor to Mr. Jobs. Mr. Jobs gets the lion's share of the credit For the innovation, but it was Mr. Faddle who basically, uh, back in the 1990s, he went to Real Networks. Remember Real Networks and uh, Seattle based? And he said, Hey, I got this great idea for a music player that has a a hard drive based digital uh, player at the heart of it. And Rob Glazer, who basically is the CEO of of Real Networks and uh, was the founder, and he basically uh, left Microsoft at one point in time. Glazer didn't get along with this dude. Glazer and Fidel fought, so Fidel quit after six weeks, and in 2001, he came to Apple, and history was made.
4: There's an app for that.
2: He's stepping down. He's moving on. Again, I don't think that's the the beginning of the end for Apple. I think they've got a culture of innovation, but they've lost two pretty big players, Rubenstein and uh, Mr. Fidel, so gone. I think those are interesting stories of the day. As far as a, a stock idea of the day, this was one that crossed my path. You know that I like video games. I like both the casual games. I like more of the hardcore games, too. Now, there's two big makers of video games. There's Electronic Arts and Activision. There's also Microsoft. There's also Sony, Ubisoft. There's a couple others. But Electronic Arts is in bad, 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 bad need of a restart. Sales growth has slowed after they failed to anticipate the Nintendo Wii. Activision and Electronic Arts, they messed it up. They didn't think the Wii would catch on. They thought, you know, the, the graphics are incredibly simple. But people enjoyed playing with the joysticks and, you know, swinging in the real-time uh, environment of a, of a different kind of experience. So a lot of analysts are now coming out and saying, this company, Electronic Arts, they've been punished in 2008. They've been punished in 2009. They've been punished in 2010. It's time to let them out of the penalty box. So if you take a look at their 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 P.E., it looks expensive, but it, it looks about 30 times earnings. But a year ago is 140 times earnings. So it's moving in the right direction. They've got about $1.1 $1. $1 billion in cash. They've been very, very good about going after um, some of the smaller casual game makers. Like, if you ever played Plants vs. Zombies or Peggle? That's a casual game. And Electronic Arts is finally starting to get into that, that mindset like, hey, we can make $3 off a video game. And we could sell hundreds and millions of those, or we can you know make 60 bucks off a video game and sell tens and thousands of them. So I don't know. I think Electronic Arts could be a takeover candidate if they continue to struggle. If not, and they continue, if they write their ship, I think you could see some appreciation in the stock. I think you should take a look at it. I'm not telling you to go out and buy it, but I certainly think you should take a look at it. Another big story of the day was home prices in the United States. They unexpectedly rose in the month of January. But to me, this is a very temporary situation a lot of cheap homes, i.e. mortgaged uh, foreclosures, a lot of low borrowing costs, a lot of government incentives. It's really supported the housing market. To me, the housing market needs to resolve the huge inventory issue and the high unemployment issue. And until they get an answer on that, I ain't buying it. I just ain't buying it. It's To me, I'd rather be um, cautious than aggressive. Let's go to Steve and Benicia. Steve? Hi, uh, Ron. Hi,
1: Hey Rob, um, I just wanted to tell uh, tell you that I think that in the last couple of weeks I've noticed a change in your program. Okay. And um, I'm liking it. It's better. Uh, a while back, you know, you had musicians on and things like that, but it wasn't really about finances as much. And so I'll, I I'll like I'll have musicians on again.
2: That. I'll have musicians on again.
1: Yeah. Stan. Well. It's not as if, you know, from, I mean, it seems like it's a financial show.
2: So Stan, I, if, I mean, I think yeah. it's interesting. So, Stan, if I were to do a show for you, like, what what are your top three features, Stan?
1: Well, I like the fact that you're starting to talk a little bit more about stock ideas okay, okay. and and things like that. Uh, I am over 50. Mm-hmm. You're starting to warm up to the older crowd a little bit, I think.
2: Mm, sort of, yeah. I still want to eat you on a cracker if you're unemployed. <laughs> And living on Social Security. But for those of you well, who are coming back to the workforce, I love you.
1: I'm, I'm 55. I, I'm unemployed right now just because of the market and things like that. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't get any Social Security or anything. Okay. And um, I'm just not sure uh, exactly what I'm going to do in terms of uh, do I want to get a real job again.
2: Now, you've listened to the show a long time, right?
1: Well, I mean, off, I've listened to it some. You know, I've listened to it since last summer and things like that.
2: Yeah. So, what's my name? Rob Black. Why did you call me Ron at the start of the call?
1: Well, it's just pronunciation, I guess, because I called you Rob.
2: Okay. So, do you have a do you have an iPhone?
1: No. In fact, hmm. I just just because I like to keep my expenses really low. Okay. Um, I didn't even have phone for, you know, a, a mobile phone for a while. Yeah. Now I've got a cell phone that I get for like 20 bucks a month uh, shared with a, a family member.
2: Okay. So okay, I'll, I, I I heed your advice, and there was a radical change here. I lost one program director, got another one back, and the the new program director, a guy named Ricky, uh, from New York, likes the Yankees. He says, "What would you do differently if you could do something differently?" And I said, "More business talk, because that's what I do well." And the last guy, he he was trying to beat business talk out of me. He wanted me to be more Armstrong and Getty. Um, so that's the the little change. So, and thanks for the call. So I swear he called me Ron. Like five times in a row. So anyway, it's funny. It's funny. Let's talk smartphones real quick. Smartphones in the United States, such as the iPhone, the Blackberry, and Motorola Droid, are going to overtake sales of older generation feature phones by the end of next year. Smartphone sales in the United States are going to climb steadily over the next 18 months. They're going to account for just under 50% of the total sales by the autumn of next year. A new wireless era where smartphones will become the standard device. Customers will be able to connect to friends and the internet and the world at large. The share of smartphones as a proportion of overall device sales has increased 29% in the last six months. Okay, that is what I tried to do on the show. Smartphones are growing at a 29% clip. Why do you think Apple's at a 52-week high? Why do you think Research and Motion's working right now? They're smartphone players. Anytime you can use statistics that grow faster than norm, if the US GDP is gonna grow two to three percent, you're looking for three to four percent out of plays. If you're looking for companies average earning eight percent, if you can get nine or ten percent, you're all that in a bucket of chicken. Holy mackerel, tomorrow on the show I got Kathy Yackle from PC magazine. We're gonna talk tax preparation software. That's it for the show today.